And it's doing well because the polls are all showing that we're winning by a lot. So we got we to gotta make sure we win. And if we win, you're all getting the biggest tax cuts because we're doing additional cuts and a brand new Trump economic boom, a boom like you've never seen before, not even in our great four years. Donald Trump speaking there in South Carolina on the eve of a very, very big primary. We are going to get to all of it. He's warning of an impending market crash if he doesn't actually win this thing. I got to tell you, I think he's going to win it, though. I really, I, I mean, I actually, look, I'm just judging by the polls. I'm judging by what I'm seeing, unless they're able to take him down, right? Because uh, they, they may actually have some success there. That is exactly what Letitia James and the judge in New York are trying to do. But you know what? He's appealing it. And I think he's got a real shot on the appeal, getting the whole thing struck down. I just want to know what the legal ramifications are for her. I mean, given that she has, from the very beginning, made it her mandate to go after him. Administration, which is too male, too pale, and too stale. Woo! Okay, what a lady. Hey, we're brought to you today by LegacyPMInvestments.com. Go check them out over there, one 866 Oh my goodness, you can tell it's a Friday. For goodness sakes, I'm actually, (laughs) later on we're going to talk about the phone number, but suffice it to say, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Welcome to the program, everyone. I am Trish Regan. This is the Trish Regan Show. A lot going on at this very moment. Donald Trump is appealing the $355 million verdict coming out of the city of New York. And I'll tell you, Letitia James is freaking out, freaking out, freaking out so much that instead of giving him the normal 30-day pass that you would for anybody else, she's saying, no, 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 I need the money now. I need it now. And if you don't have it, well, guess what? You can go sell stuff so that I can get my money. Let's not forget who Letitia James really is. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is who this woman is. She's a political, political operator who has one mission and one mission only as she has made it very clear over and over and over again to us. He's called me venomous. We will fight back to your attempt to bring Trumpism to New York City. He's called me disgraceful. called me radical. Listen, yes. we know he's crazy. Yeah. We know he doesn't have a sound mind. Yeah. We know he's out of control. Yeah. We know he's losing it. Yeah. We know his days are numbered and we will come together. He's called me a racist. We've got to stand up to an, an administration which is too male, too pale, and too stale. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. You know, I I just got to say one thing. She's trying to make this about race. She's trying to make this about gender. She's trying to make this about Trump. And I I would just remind Letitia James that, you know what? Half the population is female. 
half the population is female and might have a son, might have a brother, a father, an uncle, a husband. Yeah, you know, in other words, <laughs> men and women together make a society. So I don't think this is a worthwhile divide. This is what they keep pursuing on the left. This is what she keeps pursuing. Again, we're talking about a lot of money here, ladies and gentlemen. All in, it looks like it's roughly around $540 million that he will have to pony up because of all the interest charges, et cetera. He's going to go out and get a bond effectively for $540 million. And she's hoping that he can't do it. Because I'll tell you, like, I think the amount of cash, it's upwards of $400 million that he would have to actually pay today. That's what the judge wants him to do, pay it today. He's like, give me your cash, buddy, because the, the idea is, oh, let's prove that he doesn't have $400 million hanging around. I don't care how much money you have. You don't have $400 million hanging around in cash. Like, how would that ever be smart? Ever be smart? I mean, wouldn't you at least conservatively maybe put it in a treasury bond? I mean, we had treasury rates nearing 5% at one point. I mean, that's one trade you could go for. Nobody would just leave that kind of money earning no interest hanging around in their bank account. And they think this is funny. They're like, oh, oh, we can prove he doesn't have $400 million. Well, yeah, duh. I mean, do you not understand the way finance works? So I don't know how much money he has. It's been reported that his combined overall worth is X number of hundreds of millions of dollars, et cetera, maybe billions of dollars. It doesn't really matter here because what they're trying to do is bankrupt the guy because no one, whether you're Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, or Donald Trump, no one has $400 million just hanging around, like not doing anything. Trust me, you don't actually get to be that wealthy by putting your money under the mattress. I mean, we can't all be Fannie Willis, you know, paying our boyfriend for the cruise. She's in more trouble, by the way. Turns out, it turns out, uh, he was at her house some like 35 times before they were officially going out, making it look increasingly like she really did down in Fulton County, just hire her boyfriend for the job, which just comes with a whole host of other issues. But I digress back here to this appeal. So what he's doing now is he's filing for an appeal. His lawyers are like, okay, well, this is bogus. This is ridiculous. And they're right. I mean, he, he was funny just down in South Carolina pointing out that he's been indicted more times than Al Capone. And you think they treat me bad, and they do. They're horrible people. These people are sick. They're sick. I've been indicted more than Alphonse Capone, the great guy. It's true. I got indicted. My parents are looking down. They're saying, I never thought this could happen to my son. He's been indicted. I didn't know what the hell the word indicted. And it all took place instantly. If I fly over a blue state, the next day I get a... Federal grand jury notice, please report. And they... Oh, some bad words coming up. Some bad words. I got to mute it because, you know, we, we keep it clean for the kids. He said it's all BS. Translation. <laughs> Crazy. It's all BS. But remember... If any other person were in this position, they'd be treated the same way as they're treating me. I don't think that's harshly. I think they truly hate me more than anybody that's ever yeah, lived. You know, it's all because we won an election, 2016, 
that we weren't expected to win. Now, I expected to win it. All of you expected. We'd go to rallies with a 50,000, 52,000, 68,000, 101,000. We had our rally. And they'd go to rally and they'd have like, like in the case of Biden, he'd have eight circles, beautiful little circles. <laughs> and they'd have to use the media to stand them because they had no people. And then you hear, oh, they won just by a little bit. They just outs us out. No, that's a crooked, it's a crooked deal. And you think they treat me bad, and they do. They're horrible people. These people are sick. So They're sick. He, he, he's making the point that it, it's unnecessary what he's actually going through. And I think no matter how you look at this, you keep coming back to that, right? It is unnecessary what he's going through. What I'm so struck by is the danger of this particular moment specifically in regards to New York City. So we've been through this before, but I'll remind you that there's no actual real victim here, right? You can't, you can't lie on your forms or whatever. You know, he's got a view that Mar-a-Lago is worth one thing. Letitia James has the view that it's worth another. Well, I'm sorry, but I don't want Letitia James deciding what real estate may or may not be worth. I would actually prefer to default to the actual banker on that one, that would be Deutsche Bank, that made the determination that whatever he put on the papers was fine by them. They were still willing to lend the money. So who is she really trying to protect? She's not trying to protect anyone. I mean, she can go into the guise of, well, you know, we just want to make sure because, you know, shareholders could have lost out. The shareholders of this German bank, you know, they would have been on the hook for this. All right, okay, fine. I, the, you know, maybe he shouldn't have inflated square footage. You got him there, Letitia. But how does that justify $355 million? It doesn't. That's just pure politics. That is just an effort to try and take out a candidate that's running for president or try and humiliate in some way. And this is what's really scary. I mean, this is what's really bad. I mean, he's talked about it before effectively as a kind of warfare, using lawfare as warfare. Is being attacked while inflation is eating our country alive. I'm down here and we all political opponents attack ads by the Biden administration. Their poll numbers are terrible. You show what happened today. The New York Times and CBS came out with a poll that I'm leading all over the place, but uh, it's a very unfair situation. This is really election interference. It's all this trial is ridiculous. The numbers are much greater than on the financial statement. And we've already proven that. They said mar a is worth $18 million. mar a is worth anywhere from probably 50 to 100 times more than that. And it's a terrible, terrible thing. These are political operatives that I'm going to be dealing with right now. Uh, you have a racist attorney general who made some terrible statements. And we just see some more that came over the wires today. It's a very sad situation for our country. We shouldn't have this. This is for third world countries. And it's very unfair. It's very unfair. But in the meantime, the people of the country understand it. They see it. And they don't like it. They don't like it. Because it's uh, political warfare, as you would call it, or political warfare. Another name. They got a lot of names for it. But usually it takes place in third world countries and banana republics. And nobody's ever seen that to this extent. We've never seen it here. But we will go along and... We will hopefully uh, do very well in every regard. We'll win the election and we'll make America great again. That's what we're going to do. We're going to make America great again. 
but we have to take away from the thugs that we deal with and the horrible people that actually must hate our country to do this. But we will uh, we'll fight very hard for our country. Thank you very much, everybody. So this was Donald Trump just a few weeks ago as this trial was going on. Actually, I shouldn't even say trial. They had already made the decision that he was guilty of this and said they were just trying to determine the fees. And wow, I mean, massive, $355 million. And then when you pile everything else on and all these other fees associated with it, somehow you get to a number of around 400 and change million dollars. And then you think about the interest, and they're talking about like $86,000, a day in interest. Then you're up around the need for a need for a loan of half a billion dollars, ladies and gentlemen, $540 million. That would be greater than half a billion dollars that New York wants from. I mean, guys, I knew it was tough in New York City. I knew that, you know, everybody's moved out. You haven't been able to collect the tax revenue. You think this is your way in? Meanwhile, Letitia James also coming out because she's flipping out right now, totally freaked out. She came out and said, you know what? Donald Trump, you can't relocate your company to Florida. How does Letitia get to make that decision? Can I just ask? I mean, really and truly, if you have a company and you want to relocate it, how can somebody in the state of New York say, nope, 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 you're right here. You're right here and you're not going anywhere. I mean, I kind of find it funny because wasn't she the one that wanted to like run him out of town? No, no, no. You see, she just wants to run him into jail, into bankruptcy jail to make sure that he has no money for himself, for his children, for future generations. This is troubling. I, I mean, look, It'll all get reversed, in my estimation, on an appeal. And maybe they slap them with something because they're like, oh, you know, you weren't entirely truthful in those documents about the square footage. Okay, you got them on that. So <laughs> $355 million is your answer to that? I don't think so, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think so because it's telling every business owner forever, like if you have any screw up, even though you put all the disclosures in there, if you dare to think that your properties were something and Letitia James comes out of nowhere and decides, nope, I think it's worth that, then you're then liable and you're going to have to pay this money as you wait for the appeals court to take it on. And then assuming you get a crazy appeals court, what are we going to take this all the way to the Supreme Court? I'll tell you, we'll do it if we have to, right? Because you can't allow this to happen in the United States of America. Granted, they do hate him, as he points out, more than others. So one hopes that this just can't happen to your, your average person walking down the street. But, hey, maybe it could. Because this is some pretty scary precedent, shall we say. I mean, really, really scary precedent. Let me just walk you through the mechanics of the bail bond. So basically, and it's not a bail bond. It's not like he's going and getting bail bond. But, and I, look, I, I started my career on the emerging debt markets desk at a major investment bank at Goldman Sachs. And we were trading Venezuela, Argentina, Mexico, and Brazil. Okay, so this is emerging markets. So the point is, if uh, Argentina could get, could get uh, some, some, some debt offerings and a debt market going, or, or Venezuela could get a bond market going, trust me, there's a buyer and a seller for everything, including this 500 and some on million dollar loan that he's going to need. 
now he's got various collateral, et cetera. But then you have to look at it and say, okay, well, is Trump Tower already tied up? Is it collateral for something else? I mean, it's probably a pretty sophisticated financial portfolio. And so then you have to go around and say, okay, what's available to use as collateral? In other words, if you have a mortgage on your house, you can't use that house as collateral. So they're going to have to go through and figure out, okay, what's available. But I suspect he'll be able to pull this one off. And lucky for him, hey, interest rates are relatively low, right? But he shouldn't have to deal with this, ladies and gentlemen. Like he really and truly should not have to deal with this. And I'd like to know what's the recourse. I don't think there is any. In other words, he goes through this whole process. He turns over all this money. He loses all this money in terms of legal fees, in terms of the interest costs that he's going to pay to finance this situation to protect himself from these vultures there in New York City. And, and he's kind of stuck. I mean, he gets it. Look, the stakes are pretty high at this moment in time, as he's saying there on the eve of South Carolina, as, as voters prepare to go to the polls right now, he gets how serious this is. I want you to hear him speaking there at a rally in South Carolina saying, look, we need to beat Biden. It's critical that we beat Biden. Watch. You know, it's amazing. There is more spirit now than at any time anyone has ever seen in any campaign. You know, we're nine months away. It's not like, gee, we're going to vote tomorrow. Tomorrow's your big day. You're going to vote in a primary tomorrow. But the big day is November 5th. There, nobody has ever seen spirit like this. This is like, for some people, think of it. Nobody would have a crowd like this anyway, even if it was the day before the election. But this is like the day before the election. So the saddest thing is we have nine months to go. And the kind of stupidity and destruction that they have and can cause is, is just mind-boggling. So we have to just hope that this time flies because we have to take over. They're going to destroy this country. We're going to end up in a world war. We'll end up in World War III. They'll destroy our country. We have to get out. We have to win. Under the Trump administration, you were better off. Your family was better off. Your neighbors were better off. Your communities were better off. And our country was far, far, far better off. That's for sure. America was stronger and tougher and richer and safer and more confident. Think of it. We've lost our confidence as a country. How about that? You know, I've said that in a lot of speeches. We've lost our confidence. What a horrible thing to attribute to our country, that we've lost our confidence, and we will. We have no leadership. We're not respected any place in the world. But I'm more confident than ever that... We will soon be sitting behind that beautiful, resolute desk in the Oval Office. And we'll bring it back quickly. Can you feel the stress level going on over at places like MSNBC or The View right about now? In other words, he feels it. He's saying, look, I think we're, we're close. Like, we have such enthusiasm. People are frustrated. I mean, look, basically everything that possibly could have gone in his favor has gone in his favor. You look at the economy right now, you look at the inflation that people are experiencing. It's a big deal, okay? It is a big deal. I mean, we've just had a series of very, very bad policies. Just a quick shout out to our good friends over at America, uh, uh, Americans for Prosperity, americansforprosperity.org, because they care about policy. I'm telling you, the policy stuff, it actually really matters. And this is something that he got so right over and over and over again. He got and understood the importance of having a, a booming economy of bringing money back 
onshore to the United States of America. I mean, they were doing these shotgun marriages. One corporation would buy another corporation so that they could relocate to Ireland, where Ireland would then reap the benefits of all those jobs and all that money coming into their economy. I mean, why not? Why not say, hey, we're going to lower... We're going to lower taxes, corporate taxes. Imagine that so that those companies that keep running overseas can actually come back home. He did this. He said, I'm going to care about things like the trade deficit and we're going to have better policy from a trade perspective with China. I mean, these were smart ideas and Biden could have done them too, but he didn't. Americansforprosperity.org, you can go check them out on their website because they care about all these things and they're trying to fight this good fight every single day. And these were policy ideas that Donald Trump had and implemented. And what do you know? Our economy did really well. So I think from a foreign policy perspective, from an economic perspective, and certainly from a border perspective, and that he actually cared about this stuff. I mean, Joe Biden was quite the opposite. Joe Biden kept saying, hey, come on, come on. We're not going to be, you know, you couldn't even say the word. Remember, you couldn't even say the word illegal because no person can be illegal. I'm sorry. I mean, that's just absolutely, utterly insane. The kind of rhetoric that we saw coming out of the left and Joe Biden trying to run on this. Like he was Mr. Nice Guy. He was going to fix it all. And you see the results in cities across America today as a result of that lousy, lousy border policy. So all this stuff is accumulating right now to the point where, you know, Donald Trump's like, listen, we got to win. We got to win because if we don't win, it could be bad on a lot of levels, but here he's predicting something pretty significant for markets. I want you to see the clip. Donald Trump saying, look, if this doesn't happen, it could be game over from a stock market perspective. We can debate whether or not you agree with that, but look, I will say this. The policy we've seen in the last three years and change has been miserable, and everybody feels it. We want to aim toward a time called November 5th. That's what we need, November 5th. <laughs> Got to beat crooked Joe Biden if it's going to be him. I don't know if he's going to make it to the starting gate. I don't know about that, Henry. Is he going to make it to the starting? Henry would know. Has he been a great governor, by the way? He's been great. That was a big part of the equation. I said, I'm going to move her out, make him governor. I like that. And I did you a big favor. But we're going to have a gigantic victory here in South Carolina. We're going to show crooked Joe Biden and the radical left Democrats that we are coming like a freight train in November. Wow. All right. Like a freight train in November. My goodness. I mean... He really, there's a part though that I want to show you. Let's see if we have it. Let's see if we have it because there's a part where he actually just says, look, if we don't win this thing, if we don't win this thing, then we're actually going to be at risk here for a kind of economic crash, the likes of which, you know, no one really has seen in quite some time. Let me see if I can find it here for you. You know, it's amazing. There is more spirit now than at any time anyone has ever seen in any campaign. You know, we're nine months away. It's not like, gee, we're going to vote tomorrow. Tomorrow's your big day. You're going to vote in a primary tomorrow. But the big day is... I found it. (laughs) Donald Trump predicting that if he's not elected president, we're going to have some serious problems, specifically as it relates to the stock market. We will bring our country back from hell. Our country has been through hell. 
When you think about what happened in Afghanistan, all the things that took place, it's our country's our country's been through hell. We're laughed at all over the world. Crooked Joe is now pushing a six trillion dollar tax hike. Six trillion dollars. This will be the largest tax hike in the history of our country, maybe in the history of the world, I guess. And if he wins, that's what's in store for the hardworking people of South Carolina, a wonderful state that we work so closely with, with Henry and everybody. And uh, we had it to a level that it's never seen before. And now it's never going to be quite like that. It can't be, but it's just going off. You know, the stock market is up. Many people, some of the smartest people in the market say it's up because we're leading Biden in the polls by so much and they expect that we're going to win. If we lose, you're going to have a crash like you wouldn't believe. If we lose, that's an incentive if you have stock. If we have a tragedy happen on November 5th, it would be a tragedy. In the opinion of many, and in my opinion, you will have the largest stock market crash we've ever had because a lot of the stock market, because the only thing that's doing well is the stock market, and it's doing well because the polls are all showing that we're winning by a lot. So we gotta, we got to make sure we win. And if we win, you're all getting the biggest tax cuts because we're doing additional cuts and a brand-new Trump economic boom, a boom like you've never seen before, not even in our great four years. <laughs> Did you hear that? You're getting the biggest tax cut. A, a Trump economic boom will be coming. Listen, I, I think he, he's serious on that. Of course, he's he's got to get he's got to get Congress shored up, right? You need to have a majority in the Senate. You want to have a majority in Congress. It's kind of tough if you're just the president, right? You don't have everybody kind of doing what you need them to do. So that could be tricky. But he's promising big tax cuts. Look, I read every tax policy way back in 2016. Every single one of them from every Republican contender. By far, his was the best. Everybody was laughing. Like, oh, this is impossible. He wants to lower capital gains. He wants to... Look at what he did. Even people are like, oh, he just gave away so much money to the millionaires. He actually didn't because a lot of those people live in New York and in California. And by saying, hey, guys, you can't deduct your state and local taxes anymore, he raised taxes in the city of New York. See, they're still bitter over that. That's why Letitia James wants to get him for $355 bucks. They need the cash in New York City. Look, everybody left. Everybody left and went to Florida or Texas or New Hampshire or anywhere where they don't have a state income tax. And they're happier because of it. So, look, I mean, you can understand why they're so nervous about him coming back. I would just say from an economic perspective, yeah, like he had good ideas. Larry Kudlow, a former co-host of mine, was there in the White House with him on his economic team. He had Steve Moore, really smart guy, former op-ed writer there, uh, or op-ed, I should say, editorial team at the Wall Street Journal, whom I've known many, many years, a brilliant economist. I mean, there were really smart people around him. Art Laffer as well. You know, he's the guy who got all the Reagan tax cuts through. These are smart people who understand economics. And look, it's not that high. Hard. You just lower taxes to the point where it makes sense, right? You've got to have this. That's the Laffer curve. You've got to have this balance. And Trump did that. Is the stock market up because of Trump? I'm curious. To, you know, this is a live show. You guys can let me know what you think on that. I think that's part of it. I think that actually there is some hope that there will be better policy. And look, it, Investors can tell you whatever they want. They are trying to look out to what the policy is going to be in the future. So one, yes, 
that affects things. But of course you get other stuff going on, which is the soul AI craze, et cetera. And because of the excitement over what this could mean for the future, you've heard me talk about like web 3.0 or the metaverse or just artificial intelligence and what that means in terms of productivity, et cetera. Those are real things. And so I don't think we've fully experienced the boom that will come from that. So that's part of why the market's higher as well. And then, of course, the expectation the Fed's not going to get off. It's you know what, right? Because they're fine with inflation because they're trying to do Joe Biden a favor. It's one of the reasons why you might want to take a look at diversification. If you do, give my friends over at Legacy PM Investments a call, 1-866-589-0560. See, I promised I'd have that number for you, 1-866-589-0560. Gold is one of the ways that you might look at diversifying things if you're worried about inflation in the long term. And look, there's reason to be worried. I mean, when you look at, for example, wages versus inflation right now, this is why people feel so bad. This is why you can say, oh, yeah, wages are going up. But when you compare them to the cost of everything, it's no good. And this is why people feel so miserable. I mean, that and, you know, a few other reasons, right? (laughs) I don't think that Joe Biden really inspires confidence, shall we say. I think uh, that's been made pretty darn clear over and over and over again. So Donald Trump there really setting the stage for what could be a boom. Let's hope, let's hope that boom comes because I'll tell you, Americans, they sure need it. They really, really need it. Um, Internationally as well, I think people have really become very divided over this idea of what do we do, especially vis-a-vis Ukraine. And there's a, a growing school of thought as we look at our escalating debt, 34 trillion and still counting, that maybe we bit off a little more than we could chew, that maybe, maybe NATO was expanding too fast. Look, it's tough. You know, you're in this situation now. What do you do? I mean, I, I do go back to this issue that, that this team is in over their heads when it comes to foreign policy. We have seen sort of disaster upon disaster Donald Trump just pointing out the disaster that was Afghanistan. They were so glued to getting out of there, they didn't really think through the repercussions of moving so quickly. And they didn't leave even just a ragtag team on the ground to deal with it. So there were some major mistakes there. And now now we're in quite a situation, shall we say, with Russia. So Tucker Carlson went over there recently, my former colleague at Fox And he did a big, long interview with Vladimir Putin. The media went wild. They were furious. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? I mean, you should have heard Chris Wallace over at CNN. Maybe just a little competitive, I'm guessing. Just a teeny tiny bit competitive with Tucker Carlson. He was so proud that he had interviewed Putin himself years ago. Chris Wallace, that is. And, you know, he he didn't like that Tucker got this interview. Okay, whatever. Get over yourself. I mean, the reality is, as I see it as a journalist, you know what? You need more information. The more information we have, even if it's bias, even if it's coming from a particular point of view, even if it's propaganda, I want to hear it. I want to know what they're saying. I want to know the propaganda, right? I mean, why wouldn't you? Why would you just say, okay, that's off limits. I'm not going to hear that. I'm just like a little kid going to stomp my feet and close my ears. I mean, that's what they, they apparently are doing at Fox then and there seems to be this frustration that Tucker got this interview how dare he and you you hear it from one of the board members Paul Ryan former politician speaker Ryan and, and you're hearing it even sort of in in just the the timing 
of another anchor from Fox going over to Ukraine and sitting down with Zelensky. But first, you know, Paul Ryan, he's, he's got a short little snippet here. He's very worried about the world. He's worried about the world because of Trump, because of Tucker, because of Ukraine. What, what worries me more, and not just Tucker, and that's a symptom of all of this, is that they're curating sympathy in America. And, and they're, they're helping nurture and develop an isolationist wing in my party and in our country, which I think is very, very dangerous. They're developing, you know, uh, people who want to see NATO reduced or NATO not adhered to. Um, obviously, President, former President Trump is pushing this line as well. So what I very much worry about is they're, they're, they're helping curate a line of thought, a school of thought that is isolationist that is pro-Putin, pro-Russia, pro-tyranny at the end of the day. And that is extremely dangerous for, for, for all democracy, but for us as ourselves, democracy. And so what I see Tucker is just one little chapter in that story. Um, I didn't watch that whole interview. I watched a little bit of it, but it just looked like a kind of an infomercial for Putin to be able to push his propaganda. Does anyone find it kind of interesting that none of these people that complain about the interview actually watched it? Because, you know, there's one other guy. Who ought to watch it? That would be the president of Ukraine. So almost in sort of keeping with the step there, like, okay, Tucker bad, U.S. Biden good. You have a Fox anchor going over to Ukraine to sit down with Zelensky and get his read on things. Of course, Zelensky never bothered to watch the interview either. Amazing, right? Again, I'm just saying, like, don't you want the information, even if you know it's coming with spin, even if it's going to annoy you, even if you know it's, it's all untrue, whatever it may be, you got to know the direction from which they're coming from. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I play MSNBC and The View and some of these other things for you guys, right? Because you need to know where the other side stands. You can't just close your eyes because you don't like the way it sounds. Take a peek. My former colleague, Tucker Carlson, recently traveled to Moscow and sat down for an interview with Vladimir Putin. Did you happen to see that or coverage of it? I, I, I heard some messages and in media and also my, my guys who are uh, advisors, they said. So I, 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 don't have to, to, I, I don't have time to hear more than two hours of bullshit about us, about the world, about the United States, about our relations, and this interview with, with the killer. So I, I've got some briefly what was what, what there. One of the things he did say is that you signed a decree forbidding any negotiations with Russia and that he said Russia has never refused to negotiate. So it's not negotiations. I mean, negotiations with tanks, with occupation of Ukraine, with destroying our people. It's not about negotiations. That's the first thing. Secondly, everyone knows and everyone will tell you, both Macron and Scholz, they talked to Putin before the occupation. And he told that there would be no occupation, there would be no invasion. And like after that, just half an hour before the invasion, he sent them a note. So he can't be trusted. And whatever he's promising, well, that's nothing. He also said that he has no interest in going into Poland, Latvia, or anywhere else. Do you think that that's part of the bull? Shit. 
that you said. Yes. Look, first of all, I believe that he's not really an adequate person and uh, he's not really, he doesn't really remember what he's saying in different interviews. People around him, they're saying that he's not willing to stop until they reach their goals. But he also calls you a neo-Nazi, by the way, and says you have Nazis in your administration. I heard about this. Keep searching for them in an administration, but I couldn't find it. But we'll keep going on working, keep searching. So interesting. And by the way, again, in the spirit of all information, go for it. Go do that interview. I mean, I'm glad that Fox did that. I'm glad that Tucker did what he did. We need to hear from all sides and you need to push all sides on these things. And you can't just shut off one because you don't like it. Look, I would say this. Donald Trump has been making this point from the very, very beginning that NATO actually does need to pay its fair share, that NATO actually needs to step it up. You know, the whole point of NATO is that every country is supposed to step forward with a certain percentage of their GDP and contribute to it. So it doesn't all come back to one nation, which would be the United States of America. You know, it's all been sort of on us. And Europe laughs at us. And I think it's high time we just say, all right, you know what, if we're in this, we're in it together. And let's make educated decisions about whether it really makes sense to expand. You've heard me at length. I talked about George Kennan's writings, George Kennan having been the ambassador from the U.S. to the Soviet Union during the height of the Cold War. And he was writing when he was in his 90s, in the 1990s, all about Clinton expansionist NATO policy and saying, look, this is really wrong. We're going to have problems. We're going to have serious problems. You've got to understand the Russian psyche, et cetera. And if you don't understand that, then, you know, all bets are off. Well, Donald Trump seems to understand it without having read any of George Kennan's writings. Again, I, I think that he's got sort of a sixth sense and a very intuitive side to him that sort of gets some of these challenges from a foreign relations perspective. And it's throwing everybody off. And they're just flipping out. They do not want him to win. And yet the people of America increasingly are showing that they want this leadership. Let me show you another clip. Donald Trump there speaking moments ago. He's saying, listen, forget, ladies and gentlemen, forget Bidenomics. We need more Maganomics. Take a peek. What they did in 2020 is disgraceful. And look... And look what happened. Look what happened to our country. You have wars that never would have taken place. Russia would have never attacked Ukraine. Israel would have never been attacked. You wouldn't have had inflation. It was all caused by the energy. But by contrast, under my leadership, the stock market was up by an astounding 62% with inflation almost at zero. 62% with your vote. We will vanquish Bidenomics, which is a very negative term. You know, he heard the term. He loved it. Oh, that's good. No, that's a really bad term. It didn't work. And we will reinstate Maganomics. That's right. Maganomics. You guessed it. (laughs) Donald Trump, given a plug there for Maganomics, obviously very, very different than Bidenomics, very focused on growing the economy, growing the economy here in the United States of America through better tax policy, through better trade policy, through better foreign policy. Look, America wants that. America needs that. And that's why every single poll you look at, you start to see these massive margins. I mean, look at Biden versus Trump on the economy, for example, you're looking at a some 20 point spread difference there. I mean, everybody's saying it. Yeah. You know what? The economy's not great. 
and people on The View and over at MSNBC and even CNBC where I used to work, they're like, oh, well, we don't understand. Like, how could people feel like this? You want to know why they feel like that? Because eggs cost so much more. Because milk costs so much more. Because inflation is real. And when you talk about wages, as the New York Times likes to write about and say how much higher they are, you can't do so without looking at what's called real wages. Thank you very much. Real wages are adjusted for inflation. And when you adjust for inflation, you land in a really bad spot under Bidenomics. Bidenomics, which wants to help everybody, it seems, except the American people that are here themselves. I mean, that's why this border thing is becoming such a massive, colossal mess. It's like, how could anybody screw up this much. How could anybody screw up this much? Maybe they're just that dumb in all seriousness. I mean, they're either really dumb or they're just really, I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. They really don't care about America. I will say this, John McCain, I know not everybody loves John McCain, but he had his strengths too. And he, 10 years ago in 2014, he warned of Blinken, who's now our Secretary of State. He wouldn't even vote for him to be Deputy Secretary of State under Barack Obama because he said, you know what? The guy's a disaster. I want to play this for you because it's 10 years ago and it's eerie because it's all come true. Watch. John McCain speaking on the floor of the U.S. Senate building. Madam President, I rise to discuss my opposition to the pending a vote concerning Mr. Anthony Tony Blinken, who is not only unqualified, but in fact, in my view, uh, one of the worst uh, selections that of a very bad lot that this president has chosen. I hope that many of my colleagues will understand that not often do I come to the floor to oppose a nomination of the President of the United States because I believe that elections have consequences. In this case, this individual has actually been dangerous to America and to the young men and women who are fighting and serving it. Let's just review a couple of some of the elements in particular and Mr. Blinken's role in conceptualizing and furthering it. U.S. foreign policy is in a shambles. It's at best a strategic and at worst, anti-strategic. I'll move on to Afghanistan. Mr. Blinken said, quote, we've been very clear. We've been consistent. The war will be concluded by the end of 2014. We have a timetable, and that timetable will not change. This is why I'm so worried about him being in the position that he's in. Because if they stick to that timetable, I am telling my colleagues that we will see the replay of Iraq all over again. We must leave a stabilizing force behind of a few thousand troops, or we will see again what this we This is in 2014. So let's move on to Syria. Okay, so, so he laid it all out. He's like, this guy who wants to be our Deputy Secretary of State, he's no good. He's so fixated on getting out of Afghanistan that we're going to have a whole host of other problems what do you think we have, ladies and gentlemen? A whole host of other problems. And so Donald Trump is right to point to the disaster after disaster after disaster. It's like, how could you guys have planned it like this? I mean, it's amazing, right? Because it's actually not that hard. 
It's really not that hard. You put the right kind of tax policies in place so that you encourage this meritocracy that we are, and you just unleash it. Let America go because Americans are hardworking. They're people that want to prosper. They're the people that want to succeed. But if you do stupid stuff like, hey, come one, come all, we'll give you a cell phone, we'll give you a hotel room, we'll give you free health care, as Gavin Newsom's trying to do in the state of California, well, then you're going to have a border crisis on your hands. I mean, Trump was even dealing with this in a challenging way, right? He was trying to confront this, hence the wall. And now Biden's like trying to back off. Oh, maybe, maybe they're like trying to say they're strong on the border now. I'm like, wait a second. Isn't this the stuff that like, you don't want to admit to? So we're, we're living in some really strange, weird, kind of bizarre times. And I think everything in this environment, everything, literally everything, is favoring Trump. So what do they do? They circle back to, well, what can we get him on legally? Hey, it's a live show. So thank you for some of the compliments I'm seeing out there. Um, you guys are, are very lovely. And uh, thank you for the comps. I, I feel pretty great. I, I feel really good. And I think part of it has a little something to do with the supplement that I've been taking lately, the veggie capsules, fruits and veggies. Because, you know, I don't really like to eat my fruits and veggies. I mean, they're okay. I like veggies more than fruits, probably. Um, but I feel better knowing that I'm getting them thanks to Balance of Nature. You can get them too. They've been around for many years. Actually, go to their website, check it out, balanceofnature.com. They've been around for like 20 years. Really phenomenal sort of story of origins. They've got the whole thing there on the website. You can read all about it. And um, like I said, I mean, I, I feel better. And I think it's probably in part because of taking the fruit and veggie capsules. So I encourage you to check this out balanceofnature.com. You can get 35% off if you use the code word Trish. So make sure you do that 35% off. Um, Balance of Nature, balanceofnature.com. You can also give them a ring 1-800-246-8751. 1-800-246-8751. Again, it's balanceofnature.com. Code Trish for 35% off. And thank you very much. I do feel good. And I love getting those lovely compliments from you guys. So thank you for that. But again, back to task at hand here. He's got to get a bail bond at this point. I mean, I'm calling it a bail bond. It's really not a bail bond. Um, It's kind of a different thing. But he does have to finance this with some kind of bridge loan or whatever you want to call it, right? Because you're looking at a grand total of $540 million that he's got to raise now, he's got some pluses along the way. For example, True Social. I'm over on True Social, by the way, uh, True Social, which is part of his media, social media company at Trish Regan. And this is the company that he started in part because, funny enough, he got kicked off of Twitter and Facebook. And so the, the response was to go out and start his own thing. And then there was this whole back and forth the SEC was investigating whether or not he could really take it public through a, through the SPAC vehicle, which was Digital World Acquisition Corporation, DWAC. And it turns out they ruled last week, you know what? He could. So shares shot way up. And because of that, he could actually be, we'll see how it all shakes out. But if this merger closes next month as it's expected to, he's looking at sitting on some... $4 billion worth of wealth. Again, it's paper wealth because, you know, nobody would actually just, even if he did cash it in all the stock, you're not going to just leave it under the mattress, right? Again, point in fact, when they say, oh, he doesn't have $400 million. Well, like, again, nobody really has. The Elon Musk doesn't have $400 million just hanging around. He could liquidate stuff. 
And that's what Letitia James wants to do. She wants to force him to liquidate everything he owns and to somehow, I mean, this is so weird. It's really, I mean, I'm, I'm troubled by it. I'm really, really, really troubled by it, as is he. And you think they treat me bad, and they do. They're horrible people. These people are sick. They're sick. I've been indicted more than Alphonse Capone, the great guy. It's true. I got indicted. My parents are looking down. They're saying, I never thought this could happen to my son. He's been indicted. I didn't know what the hell the word. And it all took place instantly. If I fly over a blue state, the next day I get a federal grand jury notice. Please report. And they indicted me on bullshit. Whoops. Okay. <laughs> we, have to, we have to be careful, though. Zelensky said a few uh, little ones, too. But you know where he's going with it. Crazy. But remember, if any other person were in this position, they'd be treated the same way as they're treating me. I don't think that's harshly. I think they truly hate me more than anybody that's ever lived. You know, it's all because we won an election 2016 that we weren't expected to win. Now, I expected to win it. All of you expected. We'd go to rallies with a 50,000, 52,000, 68,000, 101,000. We had our rally. And they'd go to rally and they'd have like, like in the case of Biden, he'd have eight circles, beautiful little circles. And they'd have to use the media to stand them because they had no people. And then you hear, oh, they won just by a little bit. They just ounced us out. No, that's a crooked, it's a crooked deal. And you think they treat me bad, and they do. They're horrible yeah, people. I mean, These people it, are look, sick. It is, it's, it's pretty. I've egregious. been indicted it's, more than Alphonse Capone. <laughs> No matter which way you slice this, and I mean, all of these suits like have their own peculiar aspects to them. Fannie Willis and Fulton County included. I mean, you want to talk political there too. Plus, she's got her boyfriend that she's paying per the allegations. News out today that he visited her house 35 times. I mean, you just don't go to your boss's house, right? 35 times. <laughs> and I mean, unless, unless. So Fannie, um, Fannie, Doing something she shouldn't have, shall we say. And and that's all going down. And yet, you know, love is in the air because they're going after Donald Trump. It's like the Lisa Page and Peter Strzok thing, right? What is the deal here? I mean, people, come on. So it's very politically motivated. And that's just scary because it really does feel like Latin America. I've spent enough time. You heard me talking about how I used to, that was when my first real job was actually on the sovereign debt market desk at a major bank, and we were trading Venezuela and Argentina, Mexico, Brazil, all this sovereign debt from these places where you had exactly this kind of problem. In fact, I look at Brazil today. I mean, Lula, for goodness sakes, he's the president of Brazil. He's already done his time in jail. And his vice president, Dilma Rousseff, she did her time in jail too. I mean, is that what we're going to turn into? You got to do your jail time, and then you come back out, you run again? This is not, not good. And it's it's actually putting us on a really scary and really dangerous path. You know it, I know it, and I think that all the independents right now in the middle, they know it too. They know it, and that's why when you look at these polls, you keep seeing him triumph. And so as much as they try and kick him down, as much as they're going to try and bankrupt the guy and his family, 
their Letitia James and the judge in New York because they don't like them and they want to take them out. Americans look at that and they say, well, this is not our country. This is not who we are. And you know what? He comes back stronger for it. So he's going to get the money. As I said, there's two sides to every trade. He might have to pay higher interest on it, but he'll get it. And then they're really going to be upset. You see, they're really going to be angry because they know that when he gets back to office, they're going to be problems for them. Look, I'll tell you, I once asked him, why didn't you go after Hillary? Like the whole server thing, like you could have gone after her much harder. Like you never bothered. Like, why not? And he said something kind of interesting, kind of shrugged it off. He was like, look, it's still the United States of America. Those words come back to me right now because he was willing to give Hillary a pass in, in honor really of our country and who we are and our history and our dignity. But they were never willing to give him that pass. And so now the gloves are off. Now it's open season. They did this. So if he gets back in there, they're going to be people that have some problems. Because if you have, as it has been alleged by Matt Taibbi's reporting, this is a guy that works the Rolling Stone magazine for many, many years, was kind of a lefty. Now, now he's like, whoa. I mean, he, he's there to testify about the Twitter files. And ahead of his testimony, he's got the IRS showing up at his house because he had access to the Twitter files where he had the State Department saying, okay, you can do this, you can't do that, and, and he was going to expose all that. And then you think about his other big story right now where he's talking about some 26 people that were associates of Donald Trump were profiled by the CIA. Now, I have not done any independent reporting on this. I do not know if it's true, but the fact that he's out there with that story The fact that Donald Trump has told us over and over again, I was spied upon. My people were spied upon. You hear about this Operation Crossfire, Hurricane Crossfire, and everybody's worried about that missing file that maybe gets into some of the things that Taibbi's reporting on right now. And if he comes back and he really exposes some of this stuff, you might be witnessing a very delicate time in history. Because whatever Obama's State Department and CIA, et cetera, felt that it needed to do could wind up getting exposed in a really disastrous way. Think about everything that's happened, you guys. I mean, how can the American people really trust a system in which the former deputy director of the CIA conspires with the guy McCain says is a disaster and will really jeopardize American lives, our now Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, the two of them sit down and they say, hey, let's come up with this letter so that we can dispel any kind of notion about what Hunter Biden may or may not have been doing vis-a-vis Burisma in Ukraine, et cetera. Let's get rid of this. So let's get 51X spooks, big people. I mean, Brennan, I mean, you had all these people signing off on this letter that was fictitious, saying that, oh, the Hunter Biden laptop was not real. It was just misinformation brought to you courtesy of Giuliani and the Russians. So it turns out that was all wrong. It turns out that the dossier was bought and paid for by Hillary Clinton's team. 
through the law firm she was using, which then employed Fusion GPS, which then employed this former British spy who then employed a guy who was a Russian-American who was being investigated by the FBI at the time. I mean, wow. (laughs) It's like going full circle. I mean, so you can only do these things, right, so many times, and then people start to feel like, wow. And I think there's so much pressure at this particular moment in time because the fear is he comes back in, he exposes all of this, Matt Taibbi's reporting comes out, and who knows, right? Like he just kind of blows the lid off the place. And that's what the fear is. I mean, the good news is for all of us here, I mean, we're, we're cluing into this stuff in ways that I don't think we ever could have before. In part, let's, you know, hats off to YouTube. Thank you for, for getting this through. We get thousands of people watching this right now, which is just tremendous. And we've been growing, growing, growing. I forgot, as usual, Dawn's on my case. Make sure that you ask everybody to subscribe. So I will ask you for that. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit thumbs up share, make a comment, all that good stuff. But the advantage is now there's more sources of information. And so you don't have to just be spoon fed one particular narrative. And I think that's driving the establishment absolutely bonkers, absolutely crazy. And you're seeing them react in a way that is really, frankly, not attractive for them, but also causes everybody to have more and more doubt in the system. And so all they need to do is be upfront and honest. I mean, there's, there's, Trump is his problem is he's overly upfront and honest, right? I mean, think about, was it in May of 2020 when a reporter asked in a press conference if there was any chance that maybe coronavirus could have come from a Wuhan lab where they were looking at this and studying this? And he sort of effectively said, yeah, I've seen intelligence that points to that. Woo! Like, you weren't supposed to say that, buddy. Anthony Fauci didn't rubber stamp that one. State Department didn't rubber stamp that one. You just went out and told the press, yeah, my, and like they went bonkers the very next day. And then like you couldn't say certain things. So my point is that a lot could get exposed if he comes in. And so that's why the stakes are so darn high. Now they're not high in the sense that like people are going to, you know, the average person's going to jail. I mean, that's what they're trying to make you think that somehow, you know, you heard Whoopi Goldberg talking about how he was going to lock up anybody who was gay. For goodness sakes, he just came out on the Alabama situation regarding IVF treatment and came out in favor of IVF. And uh, you you know what the response is going to be there. Oh, gosh, darn it. I knew it. I knew I, when this when this came out. So AP released a headline today saying that Donald Trump said, look, we want more Americans that are healthy and happy to have more kids. So therefore, I support in vitro fertilization. And I thought to myself, OK, what are they going to do with this? I know what they're going to do. They're going to say, oh, wait a second. We want people who can afford it. Right. Because let's face it, IVF is very, very expensive. We want people who can afford it to be able to have more kids. Well, no sooner did I think that, that I just looked at my computer and let me show you exactly what they're saying on the view. It's like, it's like you can just cue it up. Oh, it's somehow, it's racist of him to say that he's okay with IVF. Watch. Consequences. Here's what Republicans are saying about it though. Watch. 
I don't support any effort to take away IVF from any woman in this country. We need to make sure that embryos are protected. I personally believe an embryo is a baby. Not everybody's going to agree that an embryo is a baby, but that's why parents need to be able to have the decision on how they're going to handle those embryos. I think the court correctly assessed the law, but I believe the Alabama law needs to change because the Republican Party cannot be the party against family formation. Pro-life means being pro-IVF. So, okay, and then there's Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville. Um, watch this, because I really don't think that he knows what IVF is. You'll say. Watch, watch this. Do you have a reaction to the Alabama Supreme Court ruling on the fact that embryos are children? Yeah, I was all for it. We need to have more kids. We need to have an opportunity to do that. And this, I thought this was the right thing to do. But IVF is used to have more children. And right now, IVF services are paused at some of the clinics in Alabama. Aren't you concerned that this could impact people who are trying to have kids? Well... That's for that's for another conversation. People need to have that. We need more kids. We need the people to to have the opportunity to have kids. Senator, what do you say to the women right now in Alabama who no longer have access to IVF or who will not as a result of this? Well, that's a hard one. It really is. <laughs> He's so stupid. Does he even have to spell IVF? <laughs> Okay, but well, wait, you know, when do Republicans want to stop rich people from having children? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> but on the one hand, they, they want you to not have an abortion. Then they also don't want you to have more children. Make up your minds, whatever that means. I, I actually think they do want you to have more children, and they're just not saying the quiet part out loud. Which is? Right? Uh, which is multicultural Americans are going to become the majority population by 2050. Uh, by 2050, the Hispanic, Hispanic Americans are expected to have the most population growth, an increase of about 6%, while the white population is expected to decrease by about 11%. At this time, the birth rate for white Americans in this country has been falling since the Great Recession, and it's dropped almost 23% between 2007 and 2022. So, But wouldn't more the, white women be getting the IVF? Um, so that well, increases that's, that's they why want. they yeah. want mm -hmm. IVF. But they can't say, <laughs> uh, yes, an, embry an embryo, they, 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 they're, they're coming out sort of against it and not being able to explain why. They want to have more American white children born because the birth rate has gone down. Okay, so why, why did I do this? Why? Why? I don't see this as a race okay. issue. What, I see is what did I tell you? No, I hadn't even watched that episode. But as soon as the news crossed... The Donald Trump was saying, hey, we need more kids. We want healthy, happy families and kids. As soon as that crossed, I'm like, okay, so how are they going to go after him on this one? Bingo. They'd already beat me to it. <laughs> Donald Trump hadn't said anything on IVF, and they were already all over it this morning on The View. So think about that, guys, how they want to make everything so polarized. Trust me. You're not going to change those demographics with IVF, okay? There aren't enough people with enough money to be able to do that in this country. You're not going to change it with IVF, but they're going to make this about that. So it's like, what do you do? I mean, you can't win. You say it's a sunny day. They say it's rainy. You say, you know, a, a glass half full. They say it's empty. I mean, this is the, the environment in which we're living in. If he had come out against it, you know, they would have gone after him for that. I mean, you just honestly cannot win with this crew, with this team in this time. So 
With that in mind, I guess he really does have to win, right? You know, it's amazing. There is more spirit now than at any time anyone has ever seen in any campaign. You know, we're nine months away. It's not like, gee, we're going to vote tomorrow. Tomorrow's your big day. You're going to vote in a primary tomorrow. But the big day is November 5th. There, nobody has ever seen spirit like this. This is like, for some people, think of it. Nobody would have a crowd like this anyway, even if it was the day before the election. But this is like the day before the election. So the saddest thing is we have nine months to go. And the kind of stupidity and destruction that they have and can cause is, is just mind-boggling. So we have to just hope that this time flies, because we have to take over. They're going to destroy this country. We're going to end up in a world war. We'll end up in World War III. They'll destroy our country. We have to get out. We have to win. Under the Trump administration, you were better off. Your family was better off. Your neighbors were better off. Your communities were better off. And our country was far, far, far better off, that's for sure. America was stronger and tougher and richer and safer and more confident. Think of it, we've lost our confidence as a country. How about that? You know, I've said that in a lot of speeches, we've lost our confidence. What a horrible thing to attribute to our country. Listen, when you lose your confidence as a nation, you lose a lot. And you understand why we've lost our confidence. I mean, think about how difficult it is to even just communicate with one another and how you're living in such a polarized environment and somehow, you know, being uh, too male, too pale, and too stale, to quote Letitia James, right, is a real problem. I mean, they just want to cut off half the country. So they're going after men. They've gone after women. This whole Karen thing, really, it comes from them because they're trying to basically take the legs out of any middle-aged woman who's trying to maybe protect her family you remember the poor woman on the bike? She was a nurse in New York City, and she was crying as they, they took her, her city bike from her, this, this group of, of minority men, and she started crying, and they made her out to be this massive Karen online. It was like, you can't speak up. You, as a human being, you're not allowed to because, well, the other side is... Dict- I mean, it's a, it's a really strange phenomenon, and it's very anti-American, it's very anti-justice. It's a very unfair, very frightening scenario. And so I think they're systematically trying to really rob people of these opportunities, all in the name of like fixing something else from before. I mean, that's the, it's frightening. I, I, I think that this is a, a challenge time. I think that Donald Trump is going to continue seeing success in the polls. I think I'm pretty sure he's going to get the money together and he's going to finance the situation in New York to keep Leticia and company happy. And then we'll see where we go from there. I'm just looking at some of your comments here. It is really good to see so many of you. David, David, welcome back. Mark Johnson. Yeah, they are a bunch of commies. I mean, really, I don't know how else you describe them at this point. Leslie, really good to see you. Um, <laughs> I love that you said that. Leslie pointing out, you know what? Her sister's totally woke and she's not. And yet they... They, they have wonderful conversations. Oh, no, you're teasing me. She said, we don't have wonderful com- conversations. I'm sorry, Leslie, and I'm sorry for your sister because I'm sure she could benefit from having that conversation. I mean, look, you, you just need to be able to hear the other side. And, and, and when we live in a world in which, you know, you can't interview Putin for two hours. Putin, sorry, 
That's my New England mitten thing coming out. We, we say mitten, we say kitten, and we say Putin. <laughs> anyway, that that then you're in a problem, right? I mean, when Leslie can't talk to her sister, Tom's good to see you. Uh, Leticia uh, is on a roll, apparently. Not a good one, though, because this is really, really bad precedent. What I think ultimately happens is the appeals court says, see ya. He appeals. They say it's all bogus. They change the fine. But think of the damage done in the meantime. So then the question becomes, is it election interference? Ultimately, is that just what went down? He's going to say yes. And I think he's on to something. All right. Like, how else do you describe this right now? They're trying to take him out. And every time they try, they, they can't. Right. Like, they keep running into disasters. I'm waiting for the, the ruling there in, in Fulton County because I think they're going to have to take Ms. Fannie Willis off the case. It's come out today, ladies and gentlemen, Fannie Willis, the intrepid prosecutor there, the DA in Fulton County, Georgia, who's just had one screw-up after another, including, by the way, releasing the indictment before it had even been handed to the judge by the jury, and handed to her. And she blamed her clerk for that one. Anyway, she's got all kinds of problems because it turns out that uh, she might have had something going on the side with the guy that she then put in place to be prosecuting this thing, Nathan Wade. So Mr. Wade got a really plum new gig and made a whole lot more money thanks to his alleged girlfriend giving him the gig. And she's like, no, 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 we, we, we didn't have anything together back then. No, 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 no. But now it's come out that apparently he was at her house like 35 times. I don't know how they figured that one out, but wow. Yeah, Teflon Don. Given new meaning to the term Teflon Don, Vikas is saying here on the chat. Um, you know, look, I, oh, it's, <laughs> that's so funny. Don, you actually know one of my producers, don't you? He's talking about Drew. He hears me refer to Drew. We're going to get Drew a microphone so next time he can talk. Drew is actually, yes, at CPAC today, and he's talking to all of those guys. So we'll start, yeah, we, we're going to get Byron, I think we're going to get on next week. What do you think about talking to Byron? I know Don doesn't think he's going to be the VP because of the Florida thing and the 12th Amendment. And you could be right, Don, but uh, I, there's some good contenders out there, very much so, for the actual, oh, I, for the actual VP slot. I'm just reading, yeah, phone data, <laughs> phone data, you guys, you're on it, right? You can ping where the phone was, so you can go back and look, see where was that phone at this particular time. And they found out that Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade were together at her house a variety of times, multiple times, 35 times, I believe, before she gave him the job. It's quite an audition. <laughs> All right, I couldn't resist, right? I just couldn't resist. Hey, listen, great to see you guys. I, I love having you here. We, we've got a good thing going, and uh, it's really, it's really fun to see so many so many regulars here on Team Trish, right? Team Trish. Love seeing those stars next to your names. Thank you again. We got a big weekend coming up. South Carolina, who do you think is going to win? Tell me. Tell me. Tell me in the comments below. Uh, I'd love to know your thoughts. I think it's going to be Donald Trump by a landslide, and I think Nikki's going to have some challenges ahead. I mean, look, she's, she's got the establishment, if you would, behind her. So I'm sure she's got secure employment in the future, but not necessarily as a politician. Not if Maganomics is going to triumph, right? 
I like that. Maganomics. What do you know? All right, listen, thanks for being here, everybody. We will talk over the weekend as we get some results in out of South Carolina. Make sure you subscribe, make sure you like, make sure you share, and we'll talk soon.